Welcome to the Money and Motivation Podcast. You're joined by your host, Olivia. I'm passionate about all things finance and I'm here to help you sort your money out, navigate the world of investing and build long-term wealth. Join me here each week as we deepen our knowledge about all things money and stay motivated to ensure we live our very best lives. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 10 of the Motivated Millennial Podcast. You're joined by me, Olivia. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks since I've put out an episode. There's been a lot going on at the start of 2022, um, but I am back and I'm really excited with what we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be discussing um, the basics of investing jargon. So I really wanted to do this episode because I know one of the biggest barriers for investing is all of the jargon and the complicated terminology that's used in the investing world, which can often seem very, very confusing and overwhelming and like you need an entire degree just to start doing any investing in the stock market. This is definitely not the case. Um, However, it has taken me many years of research, reading, listening to different podcasts to really understand it. So um, what I want to do in this episode is really give you, I guess, the main basics that you need to actually take that first step and keep learning. Because once you get it, it's really easy to um, make that first step and then move on and start learning more. So I guess my goal by the end of today's episode episode is that you're going to have the beginning basics covered. So you can pretty much go, you start investing, you can understand the terminology that is used very, very frequently. So if you're a complete beginner, but you're interested, you're in the world, you sort of, you know, you're understanding a little bit, but you're really keen to get started and you want to know the basics first, this will be really good for you just to understand those core words. Um, If you're already on your investing journey, this still might be worth a listen because I was definitely on my investing journey, um, you know, still understanding exactly what different things were um, and I'm still learning to this day as everybody is. So um, if you want some really precise definitions and examples, then I've done research for this podcast to ensure that I'm giving you exact precise information and trying to explain it also with some really relatable examples. So Um, please, yes, stick around and listen. Even if you've got a little bit of an understanding, you might pick up something really useful. Just before we get into the main body of the episode, though, just a reminder for you to stick around at the end of the episode for my recommendation. So if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you'll know that I do a recommendation at the end of the podcast, which can help you on your learning journey with investing. So as you know, I don't give any personal advice. It's all general, but I like to provide a resource so you guys can continue learning on your journey. Let's get into the main part of the episode today. So the first term that I want to unpack for you is actually the stock market. So I'm sure that many of you listening to this have definitely heard this term before um, and probably think you have a pretty good idea about what the stock market is. But what I wanted to do is just go into a little bit of depth about exactly what the stock market is um, and also explain how there's individual exchanges within the stock market, just so you understand really well. And then also give you a little bit of a practical example to try and um, get you to envision it. So when we're talking about the stock market, if you can imagine a traditional market, So, for example, if you live in Victoria, you can go along to the Vic market. So you go to the Vic market, you go along, you buy some fruit, you can buy clothes, you can buy cheese, 
You can buy all of those different types of things. Instead of going to buy fruit, clothes, cheese, etc., if you're going to the stock market, you're actually going there to buy different companies. Okay, so um, I hope that gives you a little bit of a visual. So instead of going just to the Vic market to buy stuff, you're actually going to the stock market to go and buy companies. So within the stock market, you can also go to different markets. So again, let me use my practical example. If you live in Melbourne, you can go to South Melbourne market. They might have different things on there. If you go to Paran market, they'll have different things. If you go to Vic market, you can have different things. But generally, they're all going to sell apples, right? They're all going to sell Uggs. They're all going to sell cheese, okay? So you're going to go along. They're all going to be selling companies, different companies. Some companies might be on different exchanges. They might be on multiple exchanges. So... Um, you've got the big stock market, which sort of applies to all of these different exchanges and markets within them. And then you go to one individual market and that might sell things that are a little bit different to another market. I hope that's giving you a little bit of visual. So like I said before, there are different markets within the stock market and these are actually referred to as exchanges. So it's different markets, venues, places where they sell companies. Okay, so there's a collection of exchanges and these venues where buying, selling and issuance of shares of public held companies take place. So I might just go back on that a little bit. So within these different exchanges that you find within the stock market, this is the place where buying and selling of shares is done. Okay, so for example, if I want to go along to the exchange in Australia and I would like to buy some Apple shares. I can go there and buy them. I can go there and sell them. Okay. It's a bit like a traditional market where if I wanted to go to the Vic market and get some cheese, I could go to the Vic market and buy some cheese. And I could probably set up my own stall at Vic market and sell my cheese if I wanted to. So it's very similar. So that's what's happening at these exchanges. So for example, if one person trades in the stock market, this refers to the fact that they are buying or selling shares on one or more of the stock exchanges that they are taking part in, which is part of the overall stock market. So when we're talking about the stock market, we're talking about worldwide, all the different exchanges that are generally within each different country. Okay. So let me give you some other terms that you might've heard of. So the stock exchange in Australia, if you're Australian based, is called the ASX. So the Australian Securities Exchange. So That is the exchange that we trade on in Australia if we want to buy Australian shares or whatever's on the Australian um, exchange. That's part of the stock market, okay? The biggest stock exchange in the US is the New York Stock Exchange, okay? Um, So that's also part of the stock market, but it's the exchange within, um, well, one of the exchanges within the US. So there too, you might've heard of, Um, I don't want to go into too many, but generally, if you look up the uh, exchange in a country, you'll be able to find which one it is. And generally, if you're within that country, that would sort of be like the one maybe people are using. Um, And then obviously, the US is big as well. Um, So there's lots of different ones you can absolutely go through and you can give a Google. But I really hope that that makes sense. So if people are referring to the stock market, just to recap, they're referring to a place where they can go, they can buy individual companies and parts of individual companies. They can also go back and sell those parts of individual companies if they want. And if you're trading on an exchange, that's generally relevant to your country that you're in. And that is part of the overall stock market worldwide.
So the next piece of jargon that I want to discuss is some interchangeable terms. So I want to talk about what shares, stocks, and equities mean. So these are basically interchangeable terms, okay? And they help refer to the part of the company you might own. For example, you can own shares in Tesla or you can have equity in ComBank. So you aren't going to ever really be owning the whole of Tesla. Um, well, yeah, I don't think you will be. Um, so it's sort of a way to say that you own part of that company. Okay, so you might have, again, for another example, five shares of Microsoft at the price of $400, for example. I've just made that up. Um, or you might have 10 shares of IVV at the price of about $600. Um, and IVV is an ETF that tracks the market um, in the US. So... This is just a way for you to talk about, okay, yep, I'm going to buy some shares in a certain company, BHP, for example. I'm going to buy some stock of, um, I don't know, Berkshire Hathaway. So it's a way for you to refer to that. So if someone says like, oh, yeah, I've got, um, you know, shares in this new company. Have you heard of it? That's what they're talking about. Okay. So it also then means, just to explain a little bit further, because this is a pretty short one, that you own part of a company. Okay, so if you buy some Apple shares, you then own part of Apple, which is sounds really cool. So you might own like a really, really tiny piece of Apple, but you still are, you still own that company, part of it. Um, so you're then entitled also to some of the profits that the company makes. So that's really fun as well. So we can talk about that later on. Um, and then you can, if you would like, sell your part of that company as well. So just going back to refer it to how we were talking about the stock market and exactly what that means before. If I went to, um, you know, the New York Stock Exchange to buy Apple shares, and then, you know, I decided, yep, these are great. And then they go up in value. I might go back to the New York, New York Stock Exchange and I might decide to sell my shares because they've gone up and I've made some money. So that's just an example of how it works. The third term that I want to discuss, actually, there's two terms that I want to discuss in this one. So it's dividends and capital gains. So in this one, I'm going to be discussing the two ways that you can actually make money from investing in the stock market. So with your shares, equities or stocks that you buy, how are you going to make money from them? Because generally, this is the reason people are investing is they want to know that their money is going to be growing for them or they're going to be somehow making some money from this. So I'm going to explain this now. So Firstly, you might hear about companies paying dividends and getting dividends from your shares or your stock. This is income you're going to make from your investing in the sense of you're a part owner of the company. So they're going to actually pay you um, part of their profits for owning that company. Okay. So if you own 10 shares of IVV, for example, there'll be a certain percentage that they'll pay you in a dividend for every share that you own. Now, I don't know this exactly in every single <clears throat> um, different company is different. Every ETF is different, um, but you can look this information up and it is accessible. So this is really important to understand because not all companies actually do pay a dividend. So sometimes, um, and this actually plays into me talking about capital gain, but sometimes companies will decide that they are going to use their profits to continue to grow their company. Perhaps if they're a new startup or they're trying to develop something else, they won't pay a dividend. Or perhaps if they're going through a bit of a tough time or there's something that happens in the world, 
they might stop their dividends as well. However, um, yep, or they might even look to pay down debt. I've just seen that as a note. So perhaps if they've got some debt, they might look to pay that down. So I guess when you are buying individual companies, it's important to have a look at those different things, have a look at if they pay a dividend, how much percentage is the dividend. So stocks um, that pay dividends is a way that people often use to um, get passive income from their investing. So if they're investing, you know, quite a lot of money, thousands or hundreds of thousands down the track, they could be making quite a lot of money from their dividends. So I definitely want to say that you're not going to buy one share of Apple and then retire yourself. But if you bought, you know, a couple of hundred thousands dollars worth of different shares, stocks, ETFs, then you could be looking at getting some really good income from your dividends. So that is definitely one thing to keep learning about and have a look at before you do buy anything on the stock market. So the second thing that I wanted to talk about, and I did touch upon it, is capital gain. So this is another way that you can make money from your investing. So this is really simple. If you buy a Microsoft um, share for, I'm just going to give a really simple example, $50, for example, I don't think you are buying it for $50, but if you're buying it for $50 and then you hold on to it for two years and all of a sudden it's now $75, that's your capital gain. So you've now made money from um, holding on to that. It's gone up in value. The company's done really well and they have gone up in value. So you could then go and you could actually sell, go back to your exchange and you could sell it and then you've made $25. Um, of course, you're going to have to think about your tax, but you've made that money on the share that you actually owned. Of course, this part with the capital gain, that's going to involve going back and selling your share, your stock, equity so you may not want to do that okay but it's definitely a great thing for your um your share your investments to go up and it's also a great thing for them to pay dividends however people do look at different um companies for different reasons but often if they pay dividend and there's capital gain then that's really a win-win the next term that i want to unpack is an acronym called an etf So this is an exchange traded fund. So if you've just started on your investing journey, you're still learning, this is probably a term that you've heard of, but you might not be exactly sure what it is. So an ETF is a managed fund that you can buy on a stock exchange. So each stock exchange will have multiple. Um, Basically, it's a parcel of investments. So you're buying a basket of shares instead of just one. You're buying a basket of companies instead of just one. So you go to the market and instead of being like, oh, I'm just going to get, you know, this one cheese, you're going to grab a box that has, you know, six different cheeses in that, you know, one of those entertaining packs. It's a bit like that. Okay. Or let me give you another example that often works really well for people to understand. So if you think about a box of chocolates, so you go to the shop and you want to buy some chocolates and you see you know there's a a bag of um I don't know Maltesers or something you think yeah I could just buy that one bag of Maltesers but I'm not a hundred percent sure about it you know what if I get it home I don't like it that much and it doesn't perform that well etc so you think okay well why don't I buy you know the box of celebrations because it's got some Maltesers in there it's also got like Galaxy it's also got Mars I think it's also got you know um Turkish delight. It's got other stuff in it. So, you know, when I get home, I might, you know, enjoy that. There's variety. It might perform really well for me. Just to give you a bit of an example. So the way it works with when you're buying on the stock market is you think, okay, well, I'd really love some Apple shares, but 
I'm just not a hundred percent about them. You know, what if in 10 years, you know, people aren't using Apple anymore and, you know, et cetera. So maybe you're just a little bit unsure, but you really do want to invest in them. You could look for an ETF that has Apple in there, um, you know, as maybe one of the top percentages. So the way it works is within the ETF, it'll have different companies that have different weightings. Apple, obviously it's a great company, so it might be um, up the top. So you could look for a fund that has Apple in there, but then it also might have, if it's a tech ETF, it might have Tesla, it might have Microsoft, it might have some different banks, um, it might just have a lot of other things in there. So if something does happen to Apple, if you want to hold it, you know, for five, 10 years, um, then you've got those other companies in there. So the, the real advantage for this and the reason why people do like ETFs is they are diversified. So if something ever happened to Apple, um, yes, maybe it would bring down the price. It would affect the ETF a little bit, especially if it was like weighted highly. However, there's all these other companies in there. Okay. And then also being a managed fund, you know, somebody is looking at that investment for you, looking after it, trying to make sure it performs well. So it's kind of an easy option um, and definitely something beginners enjoy because they can pop it in there and then they know there's all these other companies it's sort of being looked after. So it is a great choice and it is something really good to look at and understand. There are lots of different types of ETFs as well, like I just talked about a little bit. So there's different things they can focus on, okay, such as largest companies of a certain exchange or country. Obviously, we now know what an exchange is. So for example, um, Australia has A200 that focuses on the top 200 companies for Australia, okay, or which is really, really popular. And this is definitely one you've probably heard of, and you've probably maybe even thought that it was sort of like the same as an ETF, but it is an ETF, Um Oh, there are lots of ETFs that track it, sorry. So um, it's the S&P 500, which, which tracks the top 500 companies in the US. So those are really popular ones. Um, and those would include all of the big companies that you could think of that were in that country on, on that exchange, okay? Um, there's other ones as well that focus on properties. So there's properties within the fund, um, commodities, gold, things like that. Um, focus on an industry. There's lots of tech ETFs. There's lots of AI ETFs. There's even a new crypto ETF. Um, so there's lots of different types. So if you're really interested in something, you could have a look and see if there's any ETFs that focus on an industry perhaps you're interested in, passionate about, or believe might do really well in the future, might go up in capital gain. Um, and yeah, I think if you're buying something you're interested in that aligns with your values, then you're more likely to, you know, happy to hold it, maybe do more research about it, um, which is only going to help you on your journey. So I would definitely recommend having a look at that. And when people are saying, you know, buy ETFs or yeah, why don't you start with ETFs? That's what they're talking about. So it definitely takes a lot of research um, because there are lots of different ETFs that sort of track similar things as well. So you might need to have a look into them, see what works for you. Um, but I hope that that has given you a little bit of an understanding of what might be useful um, when you are looking up ETFs. This is the last term that I'm going to speak to today, and I think it's probably one of the most important terms that you need to understand what people are talking about when you're um, starting your investing journey or if you haven't started yet, and that is a brokerage account. So understanding what exactly is a brokerage account. So you need a brokerage account to participate in the buying and selling on the exchange of your choice. Okay. So you cannot just go to the ASX, you know, with you know your cash and go to a location and say I want to buy this, you actually have to go through a broker. So 
previously, um, you know, it would have been a bit like Wolf of Wall Street, you know, you call up your personal, you go for a meeting and then they do it all for you. And it's like a bit more personal. Now it's literally just like an online website or app that you can sign up to um, and they can do it through there. So it's actually a little bit like online shopping. So if you think that, you know, go to my, you have a look and see what they've got. You might sign up to the membership and then you put it all through, put your details in, you pay for it, etc. It's really, really similar to that. So if you can do online shopping, you can absolutely sign up to a brokerage account and you can absolutely purchase individual shares, stocks, ETFs, whatever you would like to do. Um, there's lots and lots of options for this as well. So I'll tell you some big ones. So um, a few of the banks have ones and they're really popular. So Comsec, NAB Trade, a lot of people enjoy those because obviously they know the banks or they're with the banks. Um, so those are options. There's lots of other ones that are coming through as well. Um, so Perla is fantastic. I use Perla. Um, I think it's really intuitive, really beginner friendly, um, and they've got some great features coming out and they're continuing to develop really, really well. Um, there's also Stake. Again, they're very competitive, um, self-wealth and multiple others. So those are just five that you could start having a look at and researching. Um, so sometimes it's also more of like a, a website app front that has a broker within, but there's not too no need to worry about that too much. Um, they, yeah, all the ones I've just mentioned, you can absolutely have a look and research or you could Google, um, you know, brokers in whichever country you are in um, because obviously there's different ones and something that you do want to have a look for um, when you're doing your research is what exchanges can you actually buy through that brokerage? So obviously we'll know what an exchange is now. Um, so it, for example, with Perla, um, you can invest on the um, ASX and then the U, uh, US exchange. So if you want to buy companies that are going to be on those exchanges, Perla is great. If you want to buy on other exchanges, you might need to do a little bit more research. Um, however, generally when people start off, they're sort of happy to um, buy within the home country or perhaps the US. So um I will definitely look to uh, discuss brokerage accounts and perhaps, you know, pros, cons, what to look for and dive into that a little bit more in another episode. But I think if you are starting to do some research and you want to know from this episode, I think the most important things to look for are firstly what I just mentioned. So can you trade on the exchanges you would like to trade on? And then also the fee for a trade. So I haven't spoken about this yet, but when you do buy um, a part of a company or an ETF, which is the basket of companies, which we know now, um, you actually have to pay for that. So for example, a lot of them sit around the $9.50, $10 mark. Some are a little bit more with some of the banks. Um, and then also um, ones Perla, Stake, Southwell, they're getting a little bit more competitive now. Um, so they are lower than that and they're sort of adjusting as well. So that would be the two things that I would have a look for. I think something else that's really, really important is going onto their website or their app and feeling super comfortable being able to find things, having a look around, being like, yep, that's how I transfer money. Yep, that's how I do this. I can look up. So, you know, spend a couple of minutes on each of them, see what you think you like, um, you know, do you think that you could use this to navigate? You want to feel confident. So if you go on to the app or the website and you're like, this is just so confusing, then it might not be the one for you because there are some really good beginner friendly um, ones that you can look for. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide education.